when you praise God, it calls forth your connection with God. You feel your oneness with your divine source. This is the Bible Speaks to You podcast, episode 157. Our topic this week is how to find inspiration when you feel uninspired. You're listening to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I am so grateful you've tuned in today to listen. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to find inspiration when you are not feeling inspired. Have you ever had one of those days when you just felt down, uninspired, and nothing seemed to get you out of the doldrums? You sit there praying, and it just seems like words. You try to read and study your Bible, but even your favorite stories and verses kind of seem empty and flat. Well, join the club. This happens to me every once in a while, and it probably happens more than we want to admit to anybody or even ourselves. And if it doesn't really happen to you, that's great. But when you do feel like you're in the doldrums, it's all too easy to think there must be something wrong with you and that it's all your fault. And that may be the case to a small degree, but it may have nothing to do with you at all. It may be the mental and spiritual atmosphere around you, and you can do something about that to get out of that atmosphere. The word doldrums actually refers to, and this is from the dictionary, a belt of calm and light baffling winds north of the equator, between the northern and southern trade winds in the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. So, centuries ago, when ships depended on wind in their sails to get where they were going, it could get stuck in these areas because there was not enough wind to go in any particular direction, until there was a shift in the atmosphere. It wasn't the ship's fault the wind isn't blowing. It may be the captain's fault for navigating into the doldrums or this area where the wind was unpredictable and often not blowing at all. But even with careful planning, sometimes it just happened. So when you find yourself in the doldrums, a dull kind of listless or depressed mood, it may not be you at all. It may just be you need a little wind in your sails a little activity in your life to get you going in the right direction. And where does that wind come from? It comes from God. The book of Proverbs asks, pointing us to God, 
Who holds the wind in his fists? Who wraps the oceans in his cloak? Who has created the whole wide world? That's Proverbs 30, verse 4. Well, the obvious answer is God. God holds the wind in his fists. If you look at wind from a spiritual perspective, it represents God's movement, God's power, God's presence. It is God who gives us inspiration and gets us moving in the right direction. I love this verse from Psalms. It shows us what to do when we feel like we're in the doldrums. This is Psalm 42, verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Sometimes we feel this way. We just feel utterly cast down with no hope, no sense of direction, no inspiration, and no sense that anything will help us get out of the mess we're in. It can be pretty depressing at times. It can feel like you're in a sailboat with no wind to fill your sails and move you in the right direction. It can feel like turmoil with no solution. But the second half of this verse actually gives us a recipe, if you will, to get a little wind blowing into your sails and get you out of the doldrums. It's really pretty simple. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So really, the first thing we need to do is refocus our attention on God. Sometimes when I have been really overwhelmed with one or more particular challenges, I tend to get a little too absorbed in the problem itself. I thrash around trying to figure out where the problem came from or how I'm going to solve it or even how I should pray about it. And there's a time and a place for some of that, but I have slowly learned over many years that you really can't solve a problem by thrashing around in it and focusing on or worrying about it. And as I just said, the first step is to turn your attention to and put your hope in God. If all you do in trying to solve the problem is focus on it, the problem will get bigger. Or at least it will seem bigger to you because that's mostly what you're thinking about. But when you do a complete 180, completely turn around and turn away from the problem, and turn toward God, you're on the right track to the solution. Now, I don't mean that you should ignore the problem or pretend it isn't there. I'm saying to start with the solution, which is God. And when you start with God, it gives you the hope that Psalm 42 is talking about, hope in God. Now, I've talked about this before on the Bible Speaks to You podcast, this idea of starting with the solution instead of the problem. It's the way Jesus dealt with challenges, or I should say opportunities, that came to him. He always turned to God first for answers. And it's the model he gave us in the Lord's Prayer. When you're praying about something, do you start by telling God what the problem is? Explaining it over and over as as if God needs you to inform him of something? Well, actually, sometimes we do this. But it's not how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Jesus said we should begin our prayers, or you could say our efforts to solve a problem, with acknowledging God's glory, power, authority, and kingdom before we ask for anything we need. That's the way the Lord's Prayer is set up. 
And when we use that as our guide, Jesus is telling us the best way to solve a problem is to start with a solution, which of course is God. Now let's talk about this idea of hope. We're supposed to hope in God, right? Well, there have been too many times in my life when I have hoped in or for something besides God, sometimes even when turning to God in prayer. There's no way to count the number of times I've had a certain hope or expectation for a specific outcome of my prayers. Now, don't get me wrong, I think we should have a sense of hope and expectation when we pray, but if we put more hope and expectation on what we want, instead of yielding to and joyfully anticipating God's will to be done in our lives, well, we've kind of misplaced our hope. We're not really hoping in God. Have you ever wanted something so bad you just prayed desperately you'd do anything to get what that is, that thing or that situation you want, or that relationship that you think is the absolute thing you need? That's not really putting your hope in God. That's just wanting what you want. When you put your hope and your trust in God, you're letting Him figure out all the details. Okay, so now let's assume you've stopped focusing and fixating on the problem, challenging situation you're caught up in, or the depressing atmosphere you can't seem to get out of, and you've turned to and found some hope in God. Psalm 4211, which I quoted earlier, tells us exactly what to do next to find the inspiration in our lives that we need to get out of the doldrums. I shall again praise him. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? Put your hope in and then praise God. Well, you're right, it's pretty straightforward, but there is something incredibly powerful about praising God. How often in your prayers and in your worship and in your church do you really praise God? When you praise God, it unlocks something in your heart, something that has always been there but has been sequestered away in the busy approach to life that we sometimes get caught up in with all its cares and worries. When you praise God, it calls forth your connection with God. You feel your oneness with your divine source. When you feel your oneness with God, It connects you with all your God-given talents and abilities and resources. So, we're going to talk about just a couple of ways to praise God. But first I want to point out one little word that's easy to pass over in this verse from Psalms. It's the word again. I shall again praise him. The King James says, I shall yet praise him. It means the same thing. It's not enough to praise God just once. That would be like trying to saw a log in two with only one swipe of the saw. When you're down in the dumps, it usually takes more than a simple little effort to get out. To get out of the doldrums, you need more than one puff of wind. You need a constant flowing breeze. This is why praising God is more than just a one-time effort. Now, there are so many ways to praise God. You can just start with the words, either silently or audibly, and say, praise God. 
And sometimes that's enough to lift your spirits, but sometimes just the words can seem hollow, especially if you're not feeling very inspired. So I suggest you just try a little singing. There are so many scriptures that encourage us to sing praises to God. Here's just one example. This is Psalm 47, verses 6 and 7. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King over all the earth. Praise Him with a psalm. Did you notice that in just these two short verses, we're encouraged to sing praises to God five times? See what I mean? It's not enough to praise God just once. Many years ago, when I was living in Texas, a friend of mine from church shared a story from when she was a teenager. She had come home from school one day in a funk. She was upset for whatever reason, which I don't remember at this point. She was in one of those teenager, the world is terrible, nobody likes me, I hate everybody moods. She stomped and stormed into the house, almost proud of how upset she was. And she laughed about all that, telling me the story at the time. Her grandfather was the only one there, and he tried to console her, but with no success. She was mad, and she wanted to stay that way. So instead of trying to help her sort through her feelings and the issues, he simply said, Well, don't sing any of the hymns from the Sunday school you've learned to play on the piano because that will make you feel better. If you want to stay mad, don't dare sing any hymns. Now, on the surface, that sounds like a pretty good effort at reverse psychology, which usually doesn't work with teenagers. But her grandfather was a very spiritually-minded fellow. He knew that if she started singing some of her favorite songs from church, it would help more than anything he could say. Well, in typical teenager defiance, my friend decided to prove her grandfather wrong. She would play those hymns and stay mad. You just wait and see, she thought to herself. So she sat down at the piano and played a hymn. See there, I'm still mad, she thought. I'll do another one. She played another one and sang along this time. Pretty soon, she got so absorbed in playing the piano and singing her favorite hymns, she forgot all about being upset. When she saw her grandfather later that afternoon, he just winked at her without saying anything. He didn't need to. But she learned the lesson, and for the rest of her life, when things weren't going well, she would always sing hymns to praise God. And without fail, it would get her out of whatever mental or spiritual slump she was in. I love that story, and I've done the same thing. Now, I don't play the piano, but I'll get my hymn book out and just start singing hymns. Just randomly open up and sing whichever one it opens up to. And after about 10 or 12 hymns, I'm usually feeling pretty good. Another way to praise God is with gratitude. Actually, singing and gratitude go together quite nicely. I love this verse from Psalms. All these verses are from Psalms today. This is Psalm 69, verse 30. I will praise God's name with singing, and I will honor him with thanksgiving. There is so much in the Bible, especially Psalms, 
about coming to God with thanksgiving, coming with gratitude in your heart. One of the quickest ways to put wind in your sails, to get out of the doldrums, and to find fresh inspiration in your life is to thank God for every little smidgen of good in your life. You can even thank Him for the lessons you've learned from the challenges He's helped you overcome in the past. I know, I know that's not a new idea, but we forget to do it sometimes. In fact, and it may take a little while to get there, you can even look at your current challenge and thank God right now in advance for getting you out of it. Gratitude is a powerful prayer whenever it's offered, before, during, or after the thing you're grateful for. Several years ago, I was feeling pretty discouraged with so many things in my life. I just didn't seem to have my act together. Lots of the projects and life goals I had worked on had either come to fruition and left me not knowing what to do next, or had not been completed at all because of my lack of focus, or because of resistance and rejection by others. I was really floundering. I prayed, and I prayed, but seemed to be getting nowhere fast. It felt like being in a sailboat on the lake with no wind, and I was trying to blow into the sails to get things going. My wife suggested that I just might need to think about all the good going on in my life at the time and be grateful for every single thing I could think of. Well, of course, she was right. I started with the obvious things like being grateful for my home and my family, stuff like that. In spite of all the shortcomings in my life, there was so much to be grateful for. And I was grateful for the little things, too, like pens pencils, and paper to write on, books, windows, doors, shoes. The list grew rapidly. I felt renewed gratitude for the deep spiritual blessings and insights God had given me, and especially for my relationship with Him. The more gratitude I expressed, the better I felt. And eventually I got around to where I didn't feel so down in the dumps and I could be grateful for all the ways God had guided me over the years, as well as how I was being guided that moment in my life. We all have so much to be grateful for. The good that has come to us in years gone by, the good we have right now, and all the good we'll have in the future. Don't take any of it for granted. And go ahead and thank God for all that good that hasn't yet even appeared in your life. It will. It's there waiting for you. The next time you feel uninspired, upset, or downright mad at life itself, and you feel like your life is going nowhere, it may just mean you need to shift your focus from whatever the situation is to God. Turn to God. Lean on God. Snuggle up under those proverbial wings of the Almighty. Psalm 91 promises, He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. That gives such a sense of hope. And once you feel that hope, it's time to praise God. For me, that means it's time to sing a song. It's also a time to be grateful for all the good in your life, from the smallest to the grandest things. And I don't just mean the material things and circumstances in your life. Be grateful for all the spiritual blessings, 
lessons, and resources God has given you. And now, as I said, gratitude and singing are just a couple of ways to praise God. There are so many. How do you like to praise God? What does it even really mean to praise God? Well, the word praise comes from a root word that means to prize or value highly. How highly do you value God? To praise God is to acknowledge who He is, to express gratitude, as we've already talked about, to express admiration and respect with a sense of understanding our relationship with and our need for God. Praising God is really a form of worship. It's not about the words you say or the songs you sing. It's about experiencing God's presence in your life, acknowledging it, being grateful for it, and rejoicing over it. So, if your life feels like a sailboat out on the lake with no wind to move you forward, take a moment right now to start praising God. Pour your heart out in gratitude for all your blessings. Sing every hymn you can think of. Make up your own songs. This is one of the best ways to get some wind in your sails, to get your life moving in the right direction, and to feel the genuine inspiration of God's presence in your life. Thank you so much for being here today, tuning in and listening. I'm so grateful. If you've had an experience when praising God has put some wind in your sails and taken you beyond feeling that your life had no inspiration, I would love to hear about it. Or if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, I would love to hear from you. Just go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com and click on the contact tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form, and I'll be in touch. If you found today's episode helpful, please share it with a friend. Someone you know may really appreciate the ideas in this week's episode. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, a special welcome to you. I'm so glad you're here and that you have found me. I encourage you to subscribe. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com and click on the subscribe tab. Fill out your name and email, and you're all set. I will send you, as a special thank you for signing up, a prayer guide I put together called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. Just click on the link I send you and check your download folder. As always, the Bible references mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes on the website page. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 157. This is episode 157. Just scroll all the way down to the bottom of that page and you'll see all the Bible verses I quoted today. And if you're listening today in a podcast app, I'll have that link in the description there as well. Again, I want to thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate all the ways you have been supportive of the Bible Speaks to You podcast. People often ask me how they can be most supportive. Well, there's so many ways. First off, take the ideas that we talk about here and put them into practice in your own life. And then share those ideas with someone else and tell someone else about the podcast. And some of you have very generously made a financial contribution to help support the production and distribution costs of the podcast. I am always so grateful for that. If you would like to make a contribution to the podcast, 
go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, scroll all the way to the bottom in the footer, and you'll see a donate button. Thank you so very much. More than anything, I am grateful that you are here and listening and engaging with the ideas. That's it for this week. Thanks again for being here. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care and we'll see you next time. God bless.